Like, what What are you doing? And also, it's, it's a little... Okay, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going a little fast. Wait. Ooh, I'm heated. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode 152 for the week of April 11th, 2022. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. And our special guest, Justin Ladia. Hey Justin. Hi. Oh, oh, I just stepped on you there. Yep. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we are a group of North Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about the first six songs in this year's second semifinal. Welcome back to the show, Justin. Oh my god, I am so glad to be back, and uh, this list of songs that you've had me listen to is iconic, and I can't wait to talk about it! <laughs> Excellent! Oh, <good. laughs> we had you in mind specifically for one of these entries, and then when the running order came out and we saw what the other ones would be in this set, it was just like, oh, Justin's in for a treat. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, was, this was a delightful slice for the second semifinal. It did feel very targeted, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so have you been engaging with Eurovision at all this season? This season? No, because I wanted to see what would happen if I went in blind again, just to see if you guys would call me back and see what would happen. And I am delightfully uh, surprised by the entries. I've seen a few things on TikTok about the, the Eurovision as well, I should say. Uh, I mean, there was that one song uh, that is making its rounds on that platform right now, the, the very... Um, Are you speaking of Latvia, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, the, the very ecologically friendly song, let's just say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the yeah. boys at CD Zani are certainly making the TikTok rounds. Yes, honestly, I've been popping my that word, you know, <laughs> to that song quite a bit, so I'm I'm okay with it. You've been popping your salad. Yeah, yeah, my salad. Oh, <laughs> Not in front of my salad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is getting very blue very quickly. I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right, well, I guess, why don't we hop right to it then? Off the second semifinal will be Finland's entry from the Rasmus, which is called Jezebel. The Rasmus won UMK overwhelmingly. They were the crowd favorite from the word go. They formed in 1994, and even though they've recently replaced their guitarist, most of the current band has been together for over 20 years. So this is a very well-established band. They had an international hit with the song In the Shadows in 2003. People in the U.S. may have encountered that as part of downloadable content for Guitar Hero uh, way back when. They are one of the top 50 best-selling Finnish bands of all time, and they are arguably the most famous participant in this year's lineup outside of a Eurovision context. 
Justin, what were your thoughts on Jezebel? It was a little hetero for me. Let's just say that. I think the everything besides the lyrics, I think I was on board with. Lyrically, I'm a little just whatever about it. Uh, the one particular lyric was a girl that looks like a boy. It's towing the line a little bit for me in terms of... Uh, I guess couthness, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a good song. I, I watched a video as well. The it's interesting that they submitted the lyric video version of the song instead of the uh, original video that they had, the one where the guy is chained to the bed and there's this whole like costume change thing with the guitarist or whatever. Aesthetically, it, it was very Finnish. I love the the fur jacket that he was wearing with no shirt. That just screams finland to me for some reason (laughs) i'm just here for it i'm here for it it's 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 iconic yeah i strongly dislike this song i i actually agree with justin this is a very hetero song it's weird that we were talking about cd zani because like i feel like this one and cd zani are in kind of the same lyrical place although i think cd zani kind of gets away with it more because they're being cheeky i got hung up on the same lyric too that that a girl looks like a boy where i'm like in the year of our lord 2022 but on the other hand, this is a band that's been together since, like, 1994, and has, well, has largely been together for, like, 20 years. Like, that's that's a long time. Just a lot of it lyrically is just kind of gross. I think it's one of those things where they're taking themselves a little too seriously for, for what it is. This does feel maybe not to the same extent as Intelligent Music Project is, uh, but just sort of feels like, okay, this band has been around a while. They're maybe not playing the county fair, they're playing, like, the state fair or, like, another larger circuit where they still have a a decent fan base where like this is the new one everybody and you just sort of are like yeah it's a band that's still touring and they've been around for 20 years and you don't you're not like you're not sure when their most recent album came out but here's the here's the radio single i think i agree with both of you on a lot of the points heavy metal in general i find the lyrics to just have this sanctimonious tone of voice that i find really off-putting and It really is hitting a lot of the same buttons that Bulgaria is hitting, which is fine. They're both in separate semifinals, but uh, I think there could be trouble if they both manage to make it to the grand final. Like, I think they're just going to siphon votes off of one another. I think that could lead to some mid-table trouble, but I'm expecting them to execute this performance on a very high level. Like, I thought their UMK performance, even though it wasn't really for me, it's like, oh, no, like, they did a really good job. It was very well-produced production. Part of the reason that they are kicking off the second semifinal is there's the anticipation that they are going to have a very bombastic uh, opening performance. So uh, it's going to require a little bit more setup than if they were in, like, slot six. Personally, as someone who does not like this song, I'm glad they're opening the show because it means that we're done with them. Hmm. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> Tough but fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't like this one, but I'm also kind of expecting it to get through. They are a known quantity. This is filling a slot that fits nicely into the grand final. It's not particularly for me, but I see this one going through. I have a question, actually. Is is Finland typically known for having uh, songs like this being sent into the Eurovision? They sent Lordy back in back many, many years ago. Last year, they sent Blind Channel, which I think is more metal than this was, and Blind Channel did very well. This is definitely brand Finland, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, although the, the colors, like, I really like the shade of yellow that they're using. Oh, it's <laughs> such a good yellow. Yeah, like, so much when I was... Uh, pulling the art for the cover art for this episode it's the same yellow that we use for our border <laughs> so oh, yeah like, like oh, I, I am also a fan of the yellow they use so like good for them yeah yeah so i'm hoping that is the focus of their performance Absolutely. yes well we, we will call this shade jezebel yellow so <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, then it would remind me of that song. I don't want that, that if I fair. use it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Finland is is just trying to jump on the bandwagon from like how Italy won last year with a with a rock song? I think like I'm seeing it as a combo of that and the fact that they sent Blind Channel last year. And again, Blind Channel did very very well. So like there is clearly a rock trend happening. And we're seeing a lot of bands this year as a result of that. It doesn't entirely surprise me that they sent another rock band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, my feeling is Finland is just like, oh, yeah, rock band won. Now we're finally going to make it. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Because, I mean, Finland does typically send rock music, and that can have a very shaky record at Eurovision. If that is where the trend is going right now, it could be a good few years. Yeah, Frank, while the iron is hot. Yeah. Next up in the running order in slot two is Israel's entry this year, Michael Ben David's I Am. Michael Ben David is the winner of X Factor Israel. He was on Netta's team. Uh, and he graduated from Performing Arts School in 2020. Justin, what did you make of this one? Gay. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it was... Okay, I have thoughts on this, okay? Like, the... I, I just feel like it's a little... I mean, it, this is Eurovision. It's camp. I love it. Whatever. But it feels really out of place for some reason for Eurovision because it... I, I'm focusing maybe too much on the lyric here, but there's one lyric in particular where it's like, you do not have to say that. <laughs> Getting the crown? Girl, what kind of trope are we doing here? Like, this, oh, I'm gonna snatch that crown. Girl, this is not RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, what what are you doing? And also, it's it's a... Okay, wait. Hold on. I'm, I'm going a little fast. Wait. Ooh, I'm heated. Okay. The thing is... <laughs> I think it's tired. I think it's it's a tired gay anthem sort of vibe that it's going for, I should say. Uh, I think that if we want to do a song that's like pride forward, I I, I would want it to be a, a little less predictable, I would say. I, I think it's 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 a little like, oh, I've seen this before. It's a little Todrick Hall, which I'm already not a fan of. And it's, no, I, I as much as I appreciate the representation, it's a pass for me. No, thank you. <laughs> harsh <laughs> no i mean I, I i'm like looking through my notes and be like well what hasn't already been said it it still feels like there is a need for a song like this in 2022 mm-hmm. and that just bums me out so much like have we not advanced at all fr- since rise like a phoenix like and that that was like eight years ago we're still doing songs like this because people still need these sort of empowerment anthems. And I mean, particularly with uh, how politics are in the United States right now, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, God, like it's, yeah, it's, it's just putting it in a very complicated place. Just thinking of how the song has changed since it was selected, it has gone through a revamp. I'm surprised they got rid of the clapping part in the chorus, because I thought that that was the hookiest part uh, of the song. And it, it it really kind of feels like it's a Israel's greatest hits collection. Like it, it just feels like it's pulling little strings from all of their entries from like the last six or seven years. And I think it's combining those elements well, but the final product is just this like very plasticky RuPaul's drag race, absolute vodka presents 
<laughs> like, it's, I love this drink. <laughs> I'm expecting him to perform this very well. I, I thought mean, his performance at the X Factor finale was uh, kind of fun, even though the song is really goofy. I was kind of surprised that his resume wasn't more packed. Uh, number one, I didn't realize he's as young as he is, but um, yeah, like I, I think I was just expecting there to be more or like, I mean, the song is a lot, but not a lot in the areas where I was expecting it to be a lot. I think I'm kind of right. rambling now. Ben, what do you think of this one? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> things we have unfavorably compared this to earlier in the season, uh, Meredith called, said that Israel had been listening to too much Crystal Waters. Uh, again, we just had the, the, the RuPaul's Drag Race add eight bars to RuPaul's latest two-minute hook thing. The thing that came to mind for me is, remember, like, a couple years ago where there's the whole thing that, like, Azerbaijan had gotten uh, Cleopatra, and it turns out that there was a Sunit version of the song? Oh, yes. I just want to know, like, what Real Housewife of Tel Aviv had been working in the studio on this with her catchphrase, you know I am, yeah. <laughs> to have this so cruelly ripped away. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, and like, it's also somehow just swish swish. I think it's going to be performed very competently, but it just feels so specific, and yet because it's like, we're going to talk about both songs titled I Am today, oh, and like, right. there's something weirdly generic about a song called I Am, it tells you nothing about the performer. It, it just feels very like a surface value song, here's like another song with like, I don't know, men in high heels dancing again. If there was a song that represents me in my, my community, I would want it to be a little more... And I hate saying this because I know the next song that's coming up is is going to be the opposite complaint from me. But like, I want it to be a little more highbrow. Um, and it just it it it's been done. I want to see something new. It's it's basically what I'm saying. Like, I I want to see a a a gay anthem that is I don't know just just a little more cerebral. <laughs> In a way that 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 kind of just I don't know it. I've seen this before. It feels very surface level to me. It's like, hi, I'm gay, and it's just that's it to me. And it's weird because this is kind of a micro genre at Eurovision, and songs that fall into this micro genre generally do not do well. And it, it's kind of funny because like Eurovision is very much viewed as a very gay event. You mentioned it like being camp. And you would think that songs like this would be gangbusters. Yeah, it's like the kind of camp that just like, because there, there's some sort of subversiveness, I think, when it comes to camp that I think acquired. And I think this one just is gay music for straight people, if that makes sense. Yes. 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 The bachelorette yeah. party at the gay bar. Yeah, it's it's just not, it doesn't feel authentically, uh, it doesn't feel like it's authentic to me, basically. And I know that's, it's, that's a little bit of a problematic statement, but there's a watering down, I think, now with, with the, the, with gay culture that makes it, that I think people want to be more, uh, or creators want it to be an easier pill to swallow for them so that they accept us more. And I don't think that's the way we should be doing things for gay culture things. Cause we, it is like the, the whole scene, I think, is more subversive than, uh, what's being put out there in the mainstream. But like, I guess, it's hard to get into the mainstream unless you water it down. So it, there, there's a bit of a of a balance you have to go through for that. For me, it feels like sort of equivalently when a team making a movie sets out to make an intentionally bad movie. You can't do that. You, that has to sort of happen organically. Or it's like when someone calls themselves charismatic. Other people can call you that or something can be can be defined as camp after the fact. Mm -hmm. But I don't I'm not sure that in the moment you can say, yes, we are aiming for this. And have it be successful. Yeah, it's like giving yourself a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we're really digging into these songs. <laughs> I love this. <laughs>
Listen, it's it's a good song for Pride. I just don't think that I would want it to win. Let's just say that. Instrumentally, I find myself liking this one where I'm like, oh, this would be great for like if I'm on the treadmill. Like it, it's got uh-huh. it, it's real up tempo. It's got a good beat, but just like lyric, just everything on top. I'm like, no. Again, but again, there's so many different Spotify playlists that are just like all the songs that this is like kind of copying where you could just listen to those too. If it shows up in all of the Pride playlists that come out uh, in June, as it were, that this one would be at the top and I think it would be totally fine. And yeah, yeah but just like at for the competition aspect of it, it's like, what else you got? <laughs> Next in the lineup comes from Serbia. It's Konstratka with Incorporisano. And uh, Konstratka won Pesma za Euroviziu. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Her actual name is Anna Zuric, uh, and she was the lead singer of the indie pop band Zemja Gruva, uh, which competed in Beovizia back in 2008 and 2009. So she's she's been wanting to do Eurovision for a while, it seems. Uh, the band was also the opening act at Amy Winehouse's final concert in 2011, which is just an insane factoid uh, that I landed on. She has a degree in architecture, and since winning Serbia's selection process, uh, Incorpore Sano reached number one in Croatia, so already has some international appeal. I have such like a weird relationship with the song because I like it, but I also am concerned about it. It's a good pop song. It has parts that get stuck in, in your head because I've I've will just like be walking around my house doing stuff and Beatsy's Drava will just like pop into my head and just stick there. And I I like that it is using pop as a way to talk about in this case the lack of insurance for people like artists in Serbia. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like that's a lot to do in three minutes on the Eurovision stage. Are people going to get this? Are people just going to think it's goofy? Of, of just haha, Meghan Markle. <laughs> Okay, I have I have complicated feelings about it. Also, it does not surprise me that she has a degree in architecture because that's what uh, I had to deal with for uh, my university days. Because I was in a faculty of architecture. I did interior design. Surprise to know, but like I, I did interior design in the faculty of architecture here in Canada, and it's. Uh, I, I think I have to divide the song in, in in a few parts, like the the music video, the lyrics, and like the actual performance on stage. And I think the performance on stage is the level of camp that I want from a song. And like it's it's hilarious to me. It's but it's also subversive, and I quite enjoy that. The complicated part of it for me comes from the fact that the whole song's aura, I say, would be like it's 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 like making fun of me. <laughs> it's like talking down at me for some reason. The whole thing with the architecture education. Is that it's highly theoretical and to a degree where it's almost really pretentious. And I'm not surprised <laughs> that a song like this comes from someone who has a degree in architecture because it's just like, oh girl, I, it just threw me back to my university days because it has that like uh, vibe of it being satirical, but also it takes itself a little seriously. Um, it, it wants to, to send a message in a way where it is like arty and whatever, but like to me that just doesn't translate. And the video is a little like that. They're, they're starting out eating chicken wings, which, like, TBH, I got a little hungry, but, like, it after that, I was like, oh, 
God, it's arty and I hated it. But the message is important and I quite enjoyed the, the message itself. And people on the internet are seemingly enjoying the message. It's just, to me, uh, <laughs> I, I looked at the lyrics. I was like, oh my God, what is this? I looked at the video. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And then I looked at the performance like, oh, okay, this is cool. It's 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 a complicated song for me. And I have lots of feelings. It's just all over the place. I think this is a masterpiece. And <laughs> <laughs> Like, I I just think that this is so brilliant. Every component of this song is in conversation with every other component and is so intentional in everything that it is trying to communicate. And when we first talked about it, Ben, you drew the comparison to Laurie Anderson and that just galaxy-brained like my existence and yes well and just in all we've been talking about I'm like yes laurie anderson is, is still the correct comparison here of just taking itself maybe slightly too seriously but also thinking about ways in, of communicating this that are accessible even the use of Meghan markle in there is just like that is part of the point of this and just the like underlying seething rage that is behind <laughs> this song like just with like it because it, I don't think it's just about the insurance aspect of it. It's about how governments have failed across the board in terms of public health over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like like the clapping part of it is like, oh, yeah, when we were all clapping for nurses during the early days of the pandemic. It's like for carers, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, are you going to like provide them PPE, pay raises, anything? It's like, but we clapped for them. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. this This is just tapping into everything. I read one article where the heartbeat sound effect that is just providing the, like, metronome of this mm-hmm. song. Just mm-hmm. like, ah, like, every layer of this is just something nifty to just cling onto and be like, oh, that is so cool that it works so well. She performed at Israel Calling earlier this week. And the audience was so into it. It's like, oh, this is so great. Now, granted, that's going to be a lot of Euro fans, so they like mm-hmm. already know what this is about, and they've gotten past the Meghan Markle aspect of it. The commentators on the night are just going to be dumb about, just prep yourself now, gird your loins. At the same time, it's just like, the reason that you mentioned Meghan Markle is it's the distraction. Like, oh, we're not going to talk about these uncomfortable, difficult subjects, because look at Meghan Markle's hair. And like that, but no, but that is the point of the song. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So it's just like, I, I love this entry so, so much. I don't know if I, if it's giving me winner vibes, it is definitely giving me contender vibes. So, uh, I am in favor of Serbia's entry. Uh, Yeah, I, I like it. And like, again, like everybody who is in the room for Israel calling in your, your Amsterdam in concert, like we are on board with the song. We get it. We know what it means. We are here. We are ready to do the clapping and go beat these drava in the arena. Mm-hmm. But like for somebody coming in on the night who is, who has done nothing, I think there's still enough interesting visuals happening. And like there's, there's oddness to it. And again, like just like the way you were talking about, just like everything is just very precise and for a reason. I feel like the more that you have time to sit with it, the more that it sticks with you, which I think having it be earlier in the running order in the semifinal is in its favor because you get to sit with it and go i like that one that one was interesting (laughs) yep and it's giving you plenty of time to google and get past the whole Meghan merkel aspect of it and (laughs) yeah yeah, so i'm uh, this is i don't recall being 
as excited about an entry for for these particular reasons. I mean, like, I have in my notes, this is this year's Shum. Is Shum Ukraine's last year? Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if that's that's my comparison. I'm just a little traumatized by the architecture. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, no, I just did not have a good experience with people like that. And so I cannot get past the the sort of attitude where it's it's a little uh, too pretentious for me. And it's I mean for me I I, I like kind of the déclassé, and I'm it. This is above the déclassé completely. If Israel is going a little too lowbrow, this is maybe a Scotch highbrow. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, it's it's not my thing. But I I do appreciate the the messages behind it, and I, that's partly why my feelings about it is complex. Just I get it, but also I'm I'm yeah. I fully agree with you, Mike, that, like, I'm not sure I'm getting a winner vibe from it, but I feel like if it makes the final, it's going to be in a lot of people's lists as they're voting for their things. The whole reference to Maria Abramovich, they referenced her art in this one, which already is like, to me, like, don't don't reference a master. I would rather they left that reference alone and just have them do their own thing, but I get why they did it, because it has, again, that, that level of subversiveness you would need, and that's, I guess, the word that I'm today <laughs> a lot. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate the reference, but I think they could have had the same message if they used another, or did their own. But yeah, like, it lands, like, just, like, very squarely in performance art, and, like, the fact that they are attempting that at Eurovision, like, high degree of difficulty, uh, lots of praise. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of praise from me. <laughs> I'm a hater. No. I hate it. No. no, I don't hate it. It's fine. No, you're yeah. just keeping me grounded. No. <laughs> We're providing balanced opinions as a group. It hurts so fast When love goes bad Until at last We fade to black In the Next up is Azerbaijan's entry, Nadir Rustemli's Fade to Black. Uh, Nadir is an, an internal selection. He won the voice of Azerbaijan, and I believe they told him he was representing them for Eurovision on like the morning news on like your your good like Azerbaijan's Good Morning America, essentially. On the voice, he picked Eldar, the Eurovision 2011 winner and 2012 host, as his coach because he wanted to do Eurovision. Uh, he studied business administration, and he was the runner-up at the Youth Vision 2019 International Song Contest. Mike, this is one of the ones that we haven't actually discussed on the show because Azerbaijan took their sweet time in releasing their song. What do you think of this one? I'm kind of struggling with this one. It feels like it is a vocal showcase uh, for Nadir, which I think is fair. It feels like these sort of power ballads that we were getting throughout the 2010s. And I think if this were Azerbaijan's entry in like 2015, 18, really pick any year in the decade, I think they would have done very well with it. I don't know if that's going to be effective in 2022. There weren't really any songs like this in last year's contest, at least none that are immediately jumping to mind. Uh, The closest analog I can think of is Sergei Lazarev's Scream from 2019. It's technically proficient, and that one did well, but I mean, how much of that was it was Sergei Lazarev, and how much of it was the song and like the technical aspect of it? So if this were purely a judged competition and not a televote thing, I think Azerbaijan would do very well. In terms of the televote, I don't know how this is going to do. 
it's fine. Like, I don't find it objectionable, but I'm not exactly seeking it out either on the playlist. Justin, what did you make of this one? It was fine. I mean, it, it's a song. It, it, it isn't uh, jumping out. It's just, it's there. Like, I, I, I think it's okay. I, the good points are that um, he has some good vocals. The song is constructed well. Um, and I think that uh, he's cute, you know? I mean, there's that. Let's let's, let's give him that. I, but other than that, like, it... I could, this is like a background song. Like I, I would, I, I would put this on if I wanted to do some whatever, like not pay attention. It's, um, but I think like technically it's, it's a good song. It's just, I don't think it's going to win. And, uh, I don't have a lot of opinions on it. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. I feel like the, I'm just going to be the third voice to say, it's fine. It is a song. So congratulations, Azerbaijan. You have sent a song to the song contest. Good job. Good job. You, you did it. You put a song in. But like, yes. I'm also just like, okay, you picked Eldar as your host on The Voice because you wanted to do Eurovision. Great. Mm-hmm. A, the song that Eldar won with, Running Scared, is like one of my least favorite entries of the last decade, where I'm just like, how did this win? This is very much in like the same vein. It's like the same kind of, like when Azerbaijan decides to send a ballad, this is what they send. And you can kind of slot it in anywhere, and I'm not sure it works anymore. I wonder if they're like um, they're just trying to capitalize on how France and Switzerland did last year their bows. Like they last year they had uh, they did fairly well on the on the leaderboard. Yeah, the, those were like second and third on the leaderboard last year. So I see why they're maybe looking at that and like admit like I do like to say something nice about the song. I do like that Azerbaijan is switching it up after two years of sending historically inaccurate dance tracks. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, this is the Cleopatra yep. one. This was the, the... Cleopatra followed by Matahari. Oh my god, the one where we did the London Bridge thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, we were internally just wondering if they were going to send Marco Polo. They've decided to switch it up and send something slow, but I'm just like, it's just wallpaper. It's just bland. It's fine. It's technically proficient, but you can have a technically proficient skating routine and still, like, there needs to be some artistry connecting the elements. It can't just be jumps. The video was was nice. I mean, it was again. It was a, it was a video. Uh, it was very um, hipster Twilight, which is 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 I guess an aesthetic. Um, it, yeah, the song and the video. It just all feels like weirdly dated because like Azerbaijan for a while, like up until they won, they just sort of like we picked this person and we've picked this song and we're gonna smash them together. Well, I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't smash them together. They were very good at like pairing artists and songs, but like it was just sort of everything was done so separately from one another in a lab, and it feels weirdly like they've gone back to that. And I'm not sure that's a winning formula anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Also, I feel like this is in the secret punishment slot. Everybody talks a lot about slot two being bad. I feel like slot four is where just like if you have quietly ticked off the EBU, they put you in slot four. And I and like they may just I feel like they're just mad at Azerbaijan for like drawing out their release so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like if you're going to wait until the very last minute and be the last entry, like it really needs to blow everything else out of the water. Because my reaction to this when it finally came was like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, at least last year, the last song we got was, was Jim Akas, which was fun and was up-tempo. Yeah, and was a contender to win. And was a contender. I think the one thing that could save this entry is the staging, which Azerbaijan can do very, very well. Maybe that is what the secret sauce is going to be with this entry this year. And it could end up doing something that ends up defining staging. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like the uh, LED dresses uh, that actually was, was Azerbaijan the first one to do the LED dress? Yeah. They were one of the first ones to do the, the projection dress when they hosted. Yeah. So 
if they have something up their sleeve for that, then maybe like I, I could see that elevating this song. But if it's just going to be him behind a microphone with a giant moon behind him or something, that's just not going to work. We know that that's not going to did work. It, so. did, did, did someone do that last yep. year? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god actually i dare them to do the exact same staging that Spain <laughs> yeah, just did like last honestly year. just like do like a shot for shot recreation of spain's performance last year just like they, they probably still have the inflatable globe that they're they willing to sell at like a hefty discount yeah <laughs> if they were able to roll it out of the ahoy we don't know if it's like just, yeah. just part of part of the roof structure now so. just in the ahoy arena now <laughs> What would you want even from that, from the stating? Hmm. Yeah, like I'm trying to think, like because like Azerbaijan has had some some very, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use this word here, iconic uh, stagings because like they're they, like they have money, they have they have money, and they like to spend money. That's kind of why they won the competition in 2011, despite their song being just sort of a bland piece of Kleenex. Shade. No. <laughs> I, I don't like running scared, and like I just like rewatching the 2012 contest when Eurovision again. I'm just like, why? It's just it's the beigeous song. Yeah, it's the beigeous song. Yeah, <laughs> this is the the potato salad with raisin. <laughs> why would you even put raisins in potato salad? <laughs> There's no logical reason. This is this is that like the potato salad with no like spices. It's just it's there. You can you will you can get filled up, but it has raisins in it. You know, it has mayonnaise and raisins, and that's it. There's weirdly no seasoning on this one. <laughs> Next on our list comes from Georgia. It is Circus Mercus with Lock Me In. Uh, Circus Mercus was an internal selection. They were one of the first internal selections for this season. They were kind of pitching themselves as being sort of the weirdos of the competition, and then they went radio silent for a few months. But they did release a manifesto uh, back in November of what Circus Mercus is. Uh, number one, Circus Mercus is a fellowship of people who share their desire to create something extraordinary. Number two, your identity does not matter as long as you are a part of Circus Mercus, for no one person can take credit for the movement's work. Number three, genre is for the weak. Number four, oh my God. every member is equal, every member is unique. Number five, ask why, not who. And number six, honor the golden rule of anonymity. A lot of words to say, don't look up who we are. Uh, they were managing the anonymity part of it uh, for quite a while. They didn't do their first uh, live performance of this until Israel Calling this past week. I think it works as a track, but not as a live performance, which was kind of what I was expecting after hearing this song when it was first released. I watched the Israel Calling performance, and it just seemed kind of inert unless they have something more bombastic planned for Eurovision, I just don't see this really 
going anywhere. Like it, it, there didn't seem to be really any sort of engagement with the audience. And like, it, it was just this kind of singing into the void. Uh, but it does feel like it is brand Georgia where they are misunderstanding the assignment, but turning in very interesting <laughs> work. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just like I, I was asking for an essay about this book and you did just sort of write an, an original work of fiction, but it's very good. I, I don't know what to do with this entry at this point. Point. And especially because, like, I think so much of what they were banking on for their brand has been just absorbed by other entries. I mean, Subwoofer in particular. Say, Subwoofer has taken over the amusing anonymous people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Justin, what do you think of this one? I'll be honest, this one is my favorite of the oh, six. Really? And yeah, only because it's like the, the kind of stupid that I really enjoy. Mm. The manifesto I didn't get to see until just now, and I was like, "Oh wait, never mind." But the because anytime someone writes a manifesto, I'm already out. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like just at the word manifesto, my brain turns. Yeah. Out. Yep. <laughs> Bye. See you later. I'm not reading that. But like, because again, it has that level of pretentiousness that I don't quite enjoy. But like, as a song, the 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 whole kind of spoon slash like prog rock type thing is kind of really well done here. I think. This is the kind of song that I think doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also is serious enough. And I think that is um, something that is within kind of my range of like appreciation. I think the, the, the video was fine. I did not see the performance, but I can see how this would be a difficult song to perform and be appreciated as a live performance. But like it's just it's just a fun song, and I'm I'm like I I it didn't have a message. I don't think it had a message. Maybe it did because like if if you have a manifesto, you probably have a message in your song. I I had fun. I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go, Circus Mercus. Like, yes, technically my favorite song out of the bunch. I don't think it's going to win. It's fun, and I I'm I'm there for it. Okay, so I have. Two thoughts about this, just as I've been listening to it this week, is that I kind of love that they say their name like every 30 seconds just to remind you what song this is. Just it, it, Jason it, it, Derulo. Yes, yeah, very Jason Derulo. <laughs> or weirdly, what it made me think of is in the old days, before we reliably had things like the iTunes store, and well before Spotify was a thing in the States, when when one engaged in illegally downloading a song off of LimeWire, uh, <laughs> assuming, that the, assuming that what you downloaded was an MP3 and not just a virus for your family's computer... Occasionally, it would be like a rip from internet radio where just like every 30 seconds of the song, you'd have something like, streaming hits today. <laughs> and like, weirdly, that would just become part of your memory of the song. When you would later hear the the official version of whatever song you were listening to, you'd be like, oh, so that they, they don't say that like every 30 seconds? That was So mm-hmm. so again, like, it's just, it's just very nice that like every 30 seconds I get, Circus, Mercus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost forgot who was playing. These guys are fairly anonymous, and unlike Subwolf, where the internet is doing no detective work. Uh, like everybody is trying to figure out who is Subwoofer, and and no one is really looking into into Circus Mercus. Although, uh, remember how when we first talked about the song, I was saying that reminded me of Midnight Gold from Georgia a few years ago. We're pretty sure that like the guy who was the leader of Midnight Gold is in Circus Mercus, mm. and that's why they sound so similar. Interesting. I have not watched the Israel Calling performance. I kind of want to go see that just to see how inert it is because like they finally released the official video for this, and it's. It's interesting, but like much like the song itself, it's not as weird as I feel like I was primed for this to be. That was kind of my takeaway from the video where people were making a big deal about the puppet in like one of the TV shots. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. I've been doing an episode by episode rewatch of the Muppet show. So it's like, yeah, give, give me more. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're yeah. like, it's. The song, like, I, I like it. It's fun. It's 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 poppy. It's like the kind of like indie pop that I really like. Mm. But also, it just feels 
kind of threadbare for two and a half minutes of just like there's a lot of the same a, a lot of repetition where i'm just like this is you guys don't want to do one more revision of the song just to add, add like a little something because like you guys have have like 30 seconds if you want i'm wondering if their plan for your vision is to use a lot of like in-screen graphics and other video effects uh which was something that midnight gold did and like they did that to really strong results and israel calling even though that is probably the highest production of all of the pre-parties like it doesn't have like that level of graphics happening like it it, it, Mm -hmm. it's still focusing mainly on the live performance part of the equation so Maybe they have something up their sleeve, but I I feel like we would have had some indication of that by now. Yeah, and and again, I feel like they they've had the whole weird anonymous collective sort of just sort of pulled out from under them by Subwoofer. Mm-hmm. How are they going to hide their identity? We don't even like. They were wearing like aviator goggles, and uh, one guy had a beard that was like all plants. It was actually like really upsetting to look at. But um, <laughs> really, yeah. Like I, I would recommend seeking out the video. Of this I, I will, I will watch so, this yeah. because I, my whole thing is like maximalist fever dreams, and like if 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 it's a maximalist fever dream, then I'm here for it. For it sure. wasn't like I think I was. It was not. No, well, oh, yeah, I mean, it was just like it was a live stage performance, and like they're a band, and like there's only so much that you can do as a band, and, and that's the other mm. thing that is I think is going to be kind of weird about this year's Eurovision. There is no live instrumentation at Eurovision. But if you have a lot of bands, like they may be playing their instruments, but they're not plugged into the speakers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just going to lend itself to some very interesting performances. Like uh, with Bulgaria, there's like a guitar solo part of it. You could be doing air guitar and it would be the exact same effect because all of the music Mm. is coming through the the track. Yeah, it's like, it's going to be really interesting to me just to see because like you don't have to like actively mime playing your song on the instruments it was performed on mm-hmm. if you're a band at Eurovision because everything is pre-recorded. So, like, why not say, okay, what can we do as a collective to be more interesting than that? And I'm not sure. I don't feel like I trust this group to break out of the mold, even though they've sent us a manifesto. And Oh, no, the manifesto. Oh, God. Yeah, just, it just, I'm just picturing it just cut out of various magazine letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could all play completely different instruments that would not make any of the sounds that are uh, yeah. on, on the track so mm. yeah i guess they do have some time to kind of play around with things a little bit but where they are right now it's like oh, i was hoping you'd be a little bit farther along on this project so <laughs> don't wait until the last minute the science fair is tomorrow <laughs> the direction that they 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 had the song in like really requires some form of ambition when it comes to the live performance and i was hoping you would say that like they they did some sort of susical type thing where it's just like everything is surreal and whatever but if they don't put in that amount of effort into it it doesn't it won't match the song pretty well so hopefully they pull something off to use our science for analogy like way back in like i want to say november just like georgia just came out and was like we're gonna have a really cool science fair project everybody we're like okay uh can you tell us what kind and they're like no and then they, just, they disappeared for a few months. And, like, it looks like they're just making a baking soda volcano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's oh, fine. No. And there are lots of ways you can make a baking soda volcano interesting. Uh-huh. But also, the science fair is tomorrow. 
Yeah. And you've just got a box of baking soda. Yeah. All this ambition. Yeah. Not a lot of execution. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. They're, they're just going to add like blue food dye instead of red. That's that's their twist. We'd love to see it. It's going to be Baja Blast colored. <laughs> Which again. Honestly. Is interesting. Baja Blast Volcano. I'm here for that too. But again. We've seen a baking soda volcano before, and just because the <laughs> yeah, lava yeah. is a different color does not mean that you're blowing our minds. Georgia just very much wants to follow the beat of their own drum. And that, maybe that's why I like them, is because they don't really care I about it. I respect the craft, yeah. even if, if I'm like, okay, but like you do realize this is a three-minute song contest. Yeah. And this is within yeah. the parameters. Because like last year, it felt like they'd written a five-minute song. We're like, well, we'll just stop. Yeah. And now they've written <laughs> a, a song that's two minutes, 30 seconds. Like, okay, guys, great. This does fulfill one of the components of this. But again, yeah. you've got like 30 seconds on the table if you want to do, if you want to like, I don't know, do something. Yeah, I guess like this is the kind of song where it's like, oh, I, we want this to look like you're on mushrooms. But the mushrooms that they gave out were button ones in a can <laughs> instead of normal mushrooms from the store. Yeah. It's just like, these yeah. are cremini mushrooms. Like, okay, but you yeah, guys they, realize that those don't have psychoactive properties. Yeah, they just gave you shiitake <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Wrong mushrooms, guys. <laughs> Well, good luck to Circus Mercus. Yeah, best of luck to Circus Mercus. Circus Mercus. <laughs> oh, sorry, Circus Mercus. Uh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were rule of threes, Mike. No, no. This is my master plan. I'm gonna take a stand. Take it. brings us to our last song that we'll be discussing today malta's entry emma muscat's i am what i am which uh this is another song that we have not actually discussed on the program uh because malta's whole process is kind of rude emma won malta's eurovision song contest process with the song out of sight around the time that we were sort of like tapping our watch at azerbaijan uh we happened to see a news thing that emma muscat was announcing her new single interesting typically for the you're the you're, you're the eurovision artist you want to be promoting your active song which made us go oh are they changing their song they were changing their song to i am what i am like when we found out about the change in the song i had just made a joke in our slack it was like oh i wonder if this is going to be a popeye themed entry fully not expecting that to be the case fully not expecting me to be like hello mike Great news. Uh, did you know that the Popeye movie was filmed in Malta and that the village is still a, a, a place that you can go? I knew none of that. And yeah, uh, did, did the Google to find the Popeye village and we will have a link to it in the show notes. And uh, there are videos on the website. Click on the video at the very, very top of the homepage. I don't want to spoil what happens, but it will certainly date when that video was filmed. <laughs> when the video was taken yes. because Mike and I both screamed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at the same musical cue. Can't wait. That is the Popeye village in Malta. Let's talk about Emma Muscat. Emma Muscat is a classically trained pianist and singer-songwriter. She reached the semifinals of Amici di Maria di Filippi in 2017, which is an an Italian fame academy. And she's popular in both Malta and Italy, which is handy because the contest is in Italy this year. Hmm. So, Mike, this is another one that we have not actually discussed because it's a brand new song. What did you think of this one? Well, it's funny that you call it a brand new song because there was a video that went around Twitter probably the day after it was released, where it was comparing the audio track of this and Daughter's Melfest entry last year, Little Tot. And 
it's the exact same song. Like, <laughs> and I had, oh. I had not seen that, but I had looked at the writing credits for this one. Looking at who does the background vocals of this, Kink, Kill J, Daughter, and Dino Medanholzik, which if you click through to him to be like, what else has he written? Because I was trying to figure out, so is this all Swedish people? Other things he's written, uh, Daughter's Bulletproof, Daughter's Little Tot. So he also wrote Bluffin' this year from from Melfest, but just, uh, they just, uh, <laughs> Malta picked their artist and then was like, hello, Sweden, we need a new song. <laughs> Everybody's being very mean about the small child. Yeah, uh, so they get the writer of Little Tot. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. So I... I'm kind of fascinated by another micro genre at Eurovision, which is the Melfest reject entry. I mean, th- this just feels like a Melfest reject song. It, and like the uh-huh. video for it is like just so. It's just so generic. Yeah, so generic and so like something that you would watch in like fifth grade if your teacher was out and the substitute didn't really know anything about the lesson plan it was just like oh i was just called an hour ago let's watch movies today so yeah oh yeah 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 justin do you want to get on get in on this because i also have material but i will gladly wait oh i don't know i just it's boring mm-hmm. like i i've i have nothing to, to really like add to it because <laughs> it's okay i mean i'll i'll try to to have some opinion on this it's just it's a fine song like i i mean i didn't know about the whole, this whole drama behind it but like which makes it a little more interesting to me but like the the song itself is just whatever it's it's one of those empowerment songs again that's just you know ballady and i'm just i'm tired of those already and uh it's okay like the music video was cute like the old lady was the star of that that uh the music video i will say yes grandma yeah get your music video credits but um it's okay i mean it's fine it's it's just whatever it i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's hard for me to be like really entertaining about the the opinion on this one because there's nothing there it's just american idol inspirational songs week yeah it's oh my god it does feel a little kelly clarkson doesn't it if Malta was allowed more than six people on stage by, like, the last course, we would have, like, a full riser of people in choir rows yeah. doing a two-step back and forth and clapping. Like I said with the other song titled I Am, is just, like, it tells you nothing about the person singing the song. Like, it's just so generic that, like, Daughter wrote this, but, like, Emma's singing it. And, like, even the, like, even the video is just so standard Eurovision template of everybody's in a white room being diverse. Yeah. <laughs> and here is a, a picture frame that we'll use to show that you are a, a work of art. Like which We have all of the people represented. People of color, people of different yeah. genders, a person yeah. with the bowl cut. <laughs> bowl cut rights! Come on, Ben! <laughs> we take DEI very seriously in Malta. <laughs> Weirdly, I got into a place where I was trying to say that the video for this and the video for I Am are, are like the light mode and dark mode versions of one another, of like, just sort of a liminal space where lots of people of diverse background exist and are and are doing their best to dance to the song. It's, it feels like the video seemed rush, al- rushed, I should say, also. It just didn't quite have enough production value. It very much felt like we did this in three hours. We had a white room, we had a piano, we're good, we're going. They got, yeah, <laughs> they got a mirror from Ikea and then did a dramatic scene to it. Like, it's, it's, it wasn't, it was just there. Like, woman sitting at a piano in the same room, and then in that same room, then you have this kid looking in the mirror being like, who am I? Oh, I am what I am. You know what I mean? What I find disappointing about this entry is, like, Emma's Emma's got chops. Like I thought she gave mm-hmm. very good performances at a couple of the pre-parties. She owns the stage and I I just don't think this song is really showcasing that. 
much like I am, we're still doing this in 2022. Mm -hmm. Don't we have enough of these? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, is like she's being just like very underserved by this material. Yeah, last year's song by Malta was that one that I really, which is the it was it was another empowerment song. Yeah, yeah, that was Gemma Cass. Yeah, it was so good. What happened? (laughs) Well, they spent all of their money on that. Yeah, I'm just disappointed that Malta went from Jemakas to I am what I am, and it just feels li- like a sad trumpet. <laughs> I mean, technically, just, they went yeah. from Jemakas to Out of Sight to I am what I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> but it's it's fine. It's probably for the best that we're not discussing Out of Sight, because like, that one was, was also just weirdly generic and kind of underserving Emma. Yeah, it, this song is just like the the hold music of, of all the Andrews that you listen to on the phone. It's just like, okay, I'm la- waiting for someone to talk to me about my phone bill, you know? So yeah, any any other thoughts on Malta before we start wrapping things up? I don't know what other thoughts I would have on a song that didn't have a lot. I've just been sitting here with this one all week, going, "It's just there." Yeah, and like it's it's well yeah. done for what it is, but what it is is just kind of bland and something we've seen at Eurovision before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am what I am. It is what it is. So <laughs> yeah, it, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. I am what I am. <laughs> it is what it is. Should be the yeah. title. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must say that this selection of songs that you guys had me is was wildly uh, sort of all over the place for me in, in terms of like the extremes of my uh, appreciation. Like there's there's a lot of things that kind of just fall out of my appreciation range. Like with with Israel, it was like it's it's just there, but not quite. Like it it should be better for me. And like Serbia is like again another extreme. Like these are all really wildly different songs that like I I couldn't see one except for Georgia's where it was just like this is this is great. I'm here for it. I love this. I will play, put this in my place. It's just, you know, they're all just trying to be something different to each other. And I'm, I don't know. It, it's it's a complex group of, of Sami. I have been calling the second semifinal deeply chaotic since even before we knew the full lineup. Yeah, this is this is a chaotic selection, honestly. Yeah, especially after our last episode where we were just like, oh, the first semifinal is so Sami, so Sami. And then you get to this and it's like, oh, there there is nothing Sami about it any of these entries no. <laughs> like these are six very no, distinct this, entries this is a buffet of like music and, I, and it's great it's great to see all this this diversity and whatever it's just oof. yeah, <laughs> I, yeah oof, my god some have lots of spice some have no spice at all and it's it's yeah i how interesting let's just yeah. say that eurovision is a big tent which is what makes it so great so <laughs> <laughs> Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. I'm I'm so glad that this set met your expectations. <laughs> so. Oh, yes, it met my expectations and then some. Yeah, it, thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, you inviting me back again. Is there anything that you'd like to plug or point our listeners to? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a podcast that just came out. At, well, by the time this uh, this comes out, the, the first episode of my podcast out. It's called The Extraction. It's the podcast about puzzles and the people who make them. And it's my first foray, so um, please be kind. <laughs> I'm not quite so uh, sure about how the podcasting thing works, but uh, we try our best. Yeah. All right. And we will have a link to the podcast in our show notes. Uh, until then, that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thanks for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can follow the EuroWhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash EuroWhat. Show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at EuroWhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at EuroWhat on Twitter, or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com. 
Next time on the Eurowhat, Bree Booker will be joining us to chat about the middle section of Eurovision's second semifinal. 